Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Because I'm fine. Oh. E-M-I. 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 Hello. Welcome to IntelliCast. Excited to have you. Thanks for joining. This is season six, episode, I'm guessing, eight. Eight. Oh my God, I nailed it. Man, it's going to be a good weekend. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Brian Lamar, I'm the Chief Insights Officer at EMI Research, Research Solutions. Brian Peterson, Digital Marketing Director. Yep. Doesn't really say what I do. I know. I'm gonna, I might pull your April, April 1st. Yeah. Thing, see if I get it changed. Well, April Fool's joke. April Fool's is right on the corner. I know. We no have April a good Fool's one planned joke. this year. We need to get a plan. Um, let's see. Today's a great episode. Um, we recorded a couple interviews yesterday. And joining us today, we're going to be talking about SampleCon, which just ended a couple weeks ago. We have Brad Franz. He's the Director of Online Quality and Sourcing at Burke. Love Brad. He's one of my favorite people. Just so smart. Um, great guest. He had a print off air. He had a print story, which I'll get on next time we have him on. But um, he'll be talking about quality. He led a session, um, which I found, found really interesting, the session that he led, which basically took a year to kind of put together. Yeah. Kind of unique what he did. So you'll hear that. Um, Who's just a champion for quality in our industry. I think he's been to every sample con. Um, and, you know, having somebody from Burke talking about quality is always a pleasure. Um, also a pleasure, Mary Rose Draper, whose um, LinkedIn profile says she's a champion for quality. Burger Queen, Publix Enthusiast, all of those are true. But she, we know her as the Director of Network Partners in Quality. And she's been to most every sample con as well. She also led a session um, in Pasadena, California about quality. So they both did. We're going to talk about the sessions that they attended. We're going to talk about data quality in general. Um, there was some news that kind of broke at SampleCon um, that includes the Insight Association Data Integrity Initiative and SMR and um, SampleCon, among others. Um, man, that was quick. That was. Also, I wanted to point out that a few of us will be at Quirks. When you're listening to this, we might be at Quirks. Uh, Quirks Chicago is, let's see, when is that, the 27th and 28th? As we're recording this, Monday. Yep. If you're listening to this, you're probably, it's probably going on right now. Let's see, what else is going on? Um, we have we have the IA annual conference coming up in April. Is it 24th, 25th? I'm going off memory here. I think it's April 24th, 25th. Hilton Head, I pulled up our dates, and I pulled up last year's dates, so I'm just going to – we'll just say that. Those are the, really the two upcoming ones. QRCA just ended as well. Um, this fall, we'll have a conference in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I'm trying to find a speaker that's an expert on prints. That's September 6th or 8th, I think, um, yep. in Minneapolis, so we'd love to have you there. 
and I guess that's all the conferences we can talk about. Really, well, more importantly, now what? Go ahead. We have one more IIEX coming up May twenty fourth, twenty fifth. I will. I will be there. I will be speaking. I'm not sure yeah. how well that's going to go. Yeah, you're the. I think you're. Um, you because you're on the futures list. Yep. You're speaking. And that, was there ten people speaking that were on the futures list? I think so. Yeah. And you're the only marketing person. I am. Yeah. Yeah. So this will be interesting. I hope I have some good attendance and hopefully people find it interesting and valuable. I, what I, concerns me is that the there'll be like three people sitting there and my message will yeah. respond to like one of them. That's always the that's always my biggest fear too. But don't take it personal if that's the case. Um, and the headphones might throw you off. <laughs> they do the headphones again. Oh, yeah. Because you'll have people kind of listening but not engaged as much. It's kind of weird. Yeah. But, I wish well, I was going. I might just crash it. You never know. If you want, well, if anybody else listening wants to go or is thinking of crashing it like Brian, um, use promo code Brian25. That's B R I A N 25. You can save 25% off. I only found this out from? on Monday. I found that out a, on Monday. You have a side sponsorship going on. I, What's going on here? Apparently, I do. <laughs> it pays absolutely nothing. Okay. Um, and then you'll also be at Insights Marketing Day later this year. That, was end, that is end of September. Um, if you haven't signed up or you want to sign up, there is a special going on. It's buy one ticket, get one free. Really good lineup. That lineup was just announced Tuesday, I think. Tuesday yep. or Wednesday this week. It is a all-star lineup. So visit the Insights Marketing Day website and you can get tickets for buy one, get one free. That is in Chicago. I'm trying to piggyback that conference for our Insights Association chapter. We'll see how that goes. And um, man, that was a lot of jibber jabber. Let's um, get to the interview, which is why you're all listening. You're not here to listen to me and Brian ramble about conferences. You're here to listen Brad and Mary talk about data quality and SimpleCon. So um, here you go. Joining me now, this might be my favorite episode of the year and it's only March. Joining me now, Brad Franz. He's the Director of Online Quality and Sourcing at Burke. Hello, Brad, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome. Um, and Mary Draper, Mary Rose Draper, who is our Director of Network Partners and Quality at EMI. Hello, Mary. Hi, thanks for having me back. And this is our annual, let's let's talk about what happened at SampleCon episode, <laughs> which is one of my favorites. We've had some of our best episodes discussing what happens at SampleCon. And since I didn't go, I get to kind of just ask you all a lot of questions, which is my favorite thing to do. So SampleCon was a couple of weeks ago in, was it Beverly Hills? Pasadena. Pasadena, California. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> kind of maybe give an overview of what SampleCon is about these days. I haven't been in a few years. I haven't been since pre-COVID. Um, I haven't been since I moved out to Pasadena. So maybe, Brad, I'll start with you. What's, what's going on at SampleCon? Well, I think the big thing for SampleCon this year was it celebrated its 10-year anniversary. Um, and yep. I've been lucky enough to attend every year, but that first year back to COVID. Um, so it's been an exciting ride personally and for Burke to be involved, um, yeah. to watch it evolve over the 10 years. Um, and I think we got um, a lot of movement between nine and 10, a lot of the <laughs> larger conversations around uh, quality, which is uh, again, where a lot of these conversations tend to skew when we chat about this, but yeah. More of a collaborative nature, a little bit less finger pointing, more of a we're in this together kind of piece. And there is a 
uh, mutually assured destruction if we don't change our ways as an industry. And so SampleCon is the perfect place to talk about it because it is a niche of a niche conference and it is about data collection of market research. Uh, and it brings a lot of great figureheads in that space together to talk, collaborate and try to cement a future. Man, well said. Um, I still have people laugh when I tell them that I'm, I went to SampleCon or even we have a conference called SampleCon. Um, it is niche of a niche. Um, mm -hmm. Mary, um, anything to add to that about how kind of SampleCon's changed over time? You've been to most of them. I've been to, I think, seven or eight. Yeah. My feeling you know, I'm, I'm, is a little bit different. I think, um, I think it's definitely moving in the right direction. I think early days of SampleCon for me was very um lucid federated heavy yep. um and i didn't feel like there was very enough variety if you will but i do feel like we have transitioned to as brad mentioned it's a, a lot more collaborative now i really appreciated the variety of attendees um, i think there was a good spread of age groups and ethnicities there, which I love to see at conferences. Um, there were programming platforms represented, new technology firms, end clients, buyers, sellers, um, fraud detection platforms. So I do think that we are expanding our reach at mm -hmm. SampleCon. And I think that's really important to keep the, the quality conversation moving forward in the direction we need it to go. So I'm gonna ask a follow-up you're not prepared for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of course yeah. I am. Um, Yes, I agree. The early sample cons were almost like a user conference, and now it is not at all. I mean, what do you think that the biggest what what happened to get us here to where it went from a user conference to an industry wide? We're going to talk about sample and how to correct for it or how to improve it. Either of you. <laughs> well, Mary, I'll go first real quick. I, I think there's a ceiling to the programmatic conversation. I think. Mm -hmm. It times with what the industry was doing 10 years ago was when this conference started. And it did, it did, does feel like it started as a means of uh, people associated with programmatic APIs to be able to talk, speak the same language, get everybody together. And over time, I think there was an opportunity, especially with early voices, to show that one, that's not the only play in data collection, that there is healthcare qualitative, there is traditional panel, things that cannot be done through a more commodity market. Um, and that takes time to evolve and it takes involvement. Um, and sometimes conferences are difficult to do that because of the infrastructure. We have one representative or two representatives go each year, but we're just one buyer. We're just one representative. And I know Mary, you kind of sit in that same boat as you go. Um, it's, uh, it's also exciting at SampleCon because of my position in the marketplace too, is um, the amount of networking you can do in three days is unparalleled. Um, it's been referred to as speed dating for for data collection because it basically is. I couldn't agree more. I don't think that I would have too much more to add um, other than I do think that the collaborative nature and the expansion that we've seen with more interest in a variety of companies coming or attending this particular conference has a lot to do with there being more just collaboration panels are working differently. They're working with different types of companies more frequently. They have a larger reach um, and they're working together more. So I think that that has also helped change the landscape of this conference quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna add my own thoughts because mine might be more controversial and I'm not gonna put that on you all. Um, I feel like when Patrick Comer went off the board 
that was like that was sending a statement i think to the industry and i love patrick by the way um and then when it moved out of new orleans that also sent a statement mm -hmm. and that then allowed the i mean i'll, I'll just say it dynata which were basically didn't come for many years they started getting involved and we know how big their name is in online sampling ipsos and then i think in my opinion melanie courtright when she became ceo of the inside association I think that was one of the first conferences she attended, and that sent a statement. Really, all of those things super legitimized it from a, oh, isn't that a Lucid conference, to, oh, this is the sampling, the sampling conference where mm -hmm. we're going to go and solve issues. And it's I love the collaboration, like you all said. It's really cool to see all these competitors, most of them are competitors, um, mm -hmm. really work together to solve problems. And we'll get in more to that. Do you all have a favorite session that you all went to? Uh, the one Mary hosted. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because I was going to say the same for you, Brad. There you go. Yeah, well, yeah, tell us about your session, Brad. Yeah, um, it, it's an interesting start to our session. Uh, first of all, I did, um, we had a sustainability conversation, a roundtable, um, and I had Jason Thomas, uh, president and CEO of Symmetric, um, Ariana Larimer, um, yeah. she is a vice president of sales from uh, Pure Spectrum. Um, over the past year, actually, we've had a lot of conversations as a direct result of SampleCon. Um, a lot of it coming, frankly, from my frustration at SampleCon last year around mm -hmm. a bit of finger pointing about who has to solve these quality problems. Um, yeah. I left last year's SampleCon with this feeling of a lot of finger pointing upwards towards buyers and end clients that surveys can only be 10 minutes and they have to be structured this way. But the reality is it's so much deeper than that. There is... Yeah. There's a conversation that, yeah, I can be self-serving to, to say, do a 10-minute survey because you want to protect your asset. And who doesn't want to take a 10-minute survey? Um, but the reality is there's trade-offs at play. And so um, we've had several uh, online conversations. We've put out some articles on our on Burks Beyond Measure blog post um, where the three of us are having conversations from distinct different perspectives with different mm -hmm. point of views, a collaborative debate that basically helps inform, gives a kind of a tangible takeaway on these are considerations because in summary, if if I do everything right and I put together a lovely 10-minute survey, it's it's engaging, it's optimized for mobile, it's enhanced based on the representation I can get. But if an individual coming into my study has been bouncing around a router for 15 minutes, that's not a 10-minute survey. It's a 25-minute engagement. And we've we're back to square one. And at the same time, you've got Jason and his folks who runs a very traditional panel and they can support 30 minute studies. They can support what I would consider like modern qualitative tasks. Mm -hmm. And and you've got Ariane's perspective from the tech side about getting fresh people in there, transparency through aggregation. All of these points are incredibly valid to be able to understand as you design, as you create, as you construct methodological considerations in a survey is what is the actual impact on data quality? Um, and so we wanted to create something that people could continue a conversation. We could add some some data points to help drive some of this conversation, but more so it's not one-sided. It has to be all of us together working for this, even competitors. We are fishing from the same pond. And if yeah. we drain that pond, we are done. So, um, well, yeah. First, first of all, I remember you being on stage a few years ago in 
it was part of a panel, I think, and lots of people were saying, oh, we have to get the 10-minute surveys, and you were bold and said, I can still do 25-minute surveys, high quality. Now, it's not easy, but you can still do it, and we that demand is there, right? 100%, and, and yeah. I remember that session, and I talked about a 45-minute tracker, and we still run say, that tracker today. Track. <laughs> we still run that tracker today. Has it evolved? It absolutely has, yes. because the respondents are evolving, engagement's involving, survey design has to be involved, but yep. expectations of what, what the, the sample frame is and how that relates to data quality, that has to be a continuing conversation with our end client on that project, but it still exists. They're still yeah. out there. Some of that heavy heavy lifting kind of data data analytics, there's a need for it. And, and that's something Burke does incredibly well. But you also yeah. then have to know what are the sourcing limitations uh, and the sourcing parameters that you need in place for those for those to work. So is that that's the story. Last year you were a little bit frustrated with pointing fingers. You for a year have been talking to Pure Spectrum and Symmetric just about having conversations, right? That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of summarize that this year. Yeah. And so, wow. yeah, we, we talked, we continued it. It had a different audience. Um, I think we could have, we were a little bit more kind of nail on the head this year. I think we could call people out productively. Um, at CRC, it was much more geared towards the corporate researcher of yeah. as you engage, here are pieces to consider. Um, but it's a rising tide lifts all ships kind of scenario is these conversations help us all. And it has to be productive and there has to be considerations because one size doesn't fit all in this industry. And, and yeah. to not to just uh, kind of keep harping on it's Jason's traditional style panel. One of the pieces he uh, spoke heavily about was how is his panel and why is his panel treated the same way as just plain internet traffic when they're trying to do the same type of research and they get grouped together. And so that's one of the downsides to relying too much on programmatic supply that just treats everything the same when there has to be kind of an understanding of what to expect, how to get it, and what are those nuances in between. Now you're speaking my language, Brad. Um, I feel like programmatic sampling really commoditized sample, and that was a really bad thing for our industry. It drove down price and I could point fingers at some certain companies. I'm not going to do it today. Um, but that was one of the worst things that happened to sampling because you know sampling very well. One of the best in the industry. Burke does, obviously. I feel like we do too. We know the strengths and weaknesses of all these different panels. They're very different. They recruit different. They have different strengths. You would love to put them on one study, but there's no way you would put them on a different study, right? Exactly. That's what our expertise is in sampling. And that was a little soapbox I didn't plan on talking about, but you mentioned that. And I, I, it's all right. you know, I live on top of that soapbox. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. That's what a great session. Um, Mary, you had a collaboration lab, and I'm so happy for you, and I want to hear about it. I, I did, but before we move on to that, I do yeah. just want to make another comment about the session that um, Brad was a part of. I really appreciated the candor of that session because there were so many different perspectives. We had an end client and a, a programmatic like marketplace and a proprietary traditional panel um, and, and it was mentioned that we're all facing a very similar issue, but we're trying to deal with the quality hurdles differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it really just kind of drove the, um, the overarching 
theme of we have to be collaborative. We need to be far more transparent about the way in which that we're putting together our sample plans and where we're getting sample from mm -hmm. and, and how we're going about solving some of the problems together. And so I really appreciated that there were very different perspectives. No one was pushing their own one agenda, but still, you know, just making it clear, here are some things that have gone wrong and here's what we really need to do to right the ship into the right direction. So we really appreciate that. And I just got to say one more time, it's hats off to, to Jason and, and Ariane. I mean, they are, they put themselves in, a, in an opportunity to be vulnerable, help spread the yeah. conversation. Um, and um, I don't think it would have been as successful as it was without the, their input. It was really great. Awesome. All right, um, now, so, yes. <laughs> I, I led a collaboration lab co-led with Katrina Noel from No Research. The, the overall focus of the conversation where it started was that we are often seeing that there are mixed methodology studies and um, there are a lot more recruitment efforts happening in the qualitative space that are actually coming from quant online sample providers. And it isn't always very clear to the end qual client what the source of the recruitment is. Back in the day, I would say, and maybe not all that long ago, uh, a lot of the recruitment for qualitative exercise happened with a phone recruitment, um, you know, a KD center or face-to-face -face databases that are a bit different than what you'd see online. And so the goal of having this conversation was just to make it clear that when you are working in a mixed methodology study, it, it's more personal than just cleaning a data set and analyzing, weighing the data that you have. If you are using an online panel to recruit for a qualitative study, it does get more personal. There are more responsibilities in the vetting and screening process um, to ensure that that smaller sample size that a qualitative client or in that qual experience has a healthy reliable respondent at the other end of that mm -hmm. IDI or in that focus group or on that bulletin board that they're participating in. And some of the ways, we wanted to talk about some of the ways that qualitative screening has evolved and how that might be implemented in some of our online quant panels to help make sure that we are really getting good, valuable, reliable, valid people participating in our surveys. Um, we talked about that for a while, and Brad, I'll let you jump in at some point here and give me your opinion, but I think the conversation in that room definitely skewed um, into another direction. We talked about some of the qual practices and how we could implement them in quant, but I think um, really what I took away from it is that we all need to learn how to have conversations with our clients about what it really means to have mixed methodology studies. Um, before And yes, we, we do. We want to work on all of the different measures, both in qual and quant, to help validate respondents. But I think having a conversation with our client and letting them know helps set expectations and work with them in the project design process to make sure that we're actually designing surveys that are built for mixed methodology. The way you write a questionnaire, the way you go about designing a project that's simply online qual is not the same as you would an online quant. And having that educational piece start at the top does help filter through some of the expectations to your final deliverable. Mary, awesome. and I thought on, on that piece, I thought you and Katrina did such a good job teasing out um, the idea. And I know you just stated they're not the same, but I think there are practices in this space that people operate the same way. 
And so it's understanding, being able to connect those pieces to show what that, again, we're kind of back to the trade-off standpoint. And I think um, we, we, we were highlighting and chatting uh, in that piece really about how qualitative, quantitative, even B2B online research right now is people will repackage some of the same tendencies, but that has a direct impact on what you're actually buying or what you think you're buying and to connect it back and put a price tag on it. Like if we can put an ROI on quality and, and help inform every step of the way, it's going to highlight the need to protect those reliable assets. And, and not to say that the, the, the other side or the more, I'll say efficient means of recruiting at scale are not practical, but, but it's very dependent upon the need, the ask, especially from a qualitative perspective. And you both did such a good, does, good job in that session, teasing out some of those ideas. Yeah, it was a very nice breakout session. I appreciated the participation from the group. And I will say that we had a lot of support from the Insights Association's Data Integrity Initiative. Um, the members in that council were very vocal and a part of the conversation. And so really the support that happened there, I was, I was very excited to be a part of. I will say in my nine years there, it was the most productive breakout session. Oh my goodness. I've been a part of, yeah. We're going to quote you on that. We're going to put that on Mary's LinkedIn tomorrow. Lock it in. <laughs> no, I, um, I wish I really wish I'd been there. I hope the videos come out like they normally put them out because I want to watch this. Um, it's I love that Katrina Noel is a little bit more forefront in the industry than at least that I knew of in the past. And because she brings such a different perspective, she's a strong presence, a, a business owner, and um, mixed methodology is something that I don't think a lot of quant people are comfortable with. We need to have this conversation because we have enough quality challenges just on quant and we start throwing in some qual objectives. Um, we see that internally as, as you start to try to creep in the qual a little bit. It gets mm -hmm. really challenging. So I'm really glad that SampleCon is kind of ensuring that, you know, a client doesn't think sometimes about quant versus qual. It's research, right? Right. They have a business objective they got to solve, and if they need more open ends and follow-up interviews on top of a quant survey, that's what they're going to do. So, yeah, to summarize, I'm just glad that the Collaboration, collaboration Lab went successful, so good job. Um, Mary, you hinted about the announcement of a collaboration between SampleCon and Site Association. Can you tell us more about that? So yes, the Insights Association Data Integrity Initiative that um, worked tirelessly on developing a data toolkit, um, which I was not a part of the council, I'll say previous, but it launched. I was very intrigued. Brian, I think you were as well. We immediately reached out to Cindy Newman and said, how do we become a part of this? Um, we really want to help make a contribution to moving this quality conversation forward. Um, and so I think each of us here on this call are all a part of some sort of influence or committee or council or tract and moving that needle. Um, I loved hearing Melanie um, on the data quality day, make the announcement that there will be a collaboration with the SMR team, SampleCon, um, the Insights Association and the MRS We'll all be working together to um, further develop this toolkit and everyone adding um, their own expertise, their own experience and their, you know, their own um, rules and regulations and recommendations mm -hmm. 
towards moving that quality conversation further. I, I think that this is vital for us to actually stop coming to all of the conferences and having conversations and saying, we're having this issue and kind of banging our heads against the wall about what are we doing to make change? People coming together and putting maybe their own motives or you know other things that maybe are driving them aside and putting our heads together and saying, this is what we need to do to collaborate to affect change. I think it really is a huge step in the right direction for research. And I heard that um, the Research Society in Australia has reached out and wants to be part of it. I've heard that Crick in Canada wants to be part mm -hmm. of it. Um, how big of a deal is that, Brad? Is that, you know, all these organizations working together, is that, that's a big deal? I think it's huge. It's, it's the governing bodies of our industry kind of taking notice and realizing that uh, for the same reason Burke and EMI and Mary and myself can have a conversation for the mutual benefit of what we're trying to do. We, we, we still have a different approach on how we do things. We are very like-minded in terms of quality, but this doesn't have to be a full-blown competition to go, I fixed data quality right. because that's not how this works. Yeah. And so, so I, I've been lucky enough, and, and uh, we've been a part of the Data Integrity Council for about a year now. Um, it's, it's where I've gotten to know Katrina over the past year, and they rolled that out at CRC again this year, too. But it's the idea of individuals coming together without a self-serving purpose. We want to be part of the solution. Um, and I think we have a responsibility to, as well, um, is to is to to collaborate, to, you're going to have to put a, a poll in your thing about how many times the word collaboration or collaborate has been said on this podcast. Um, the But the idea that we're not trying to tell people how to do research, we're trying to advise them and give them tools, resources, vocabulary that allows them to navigate the space. A lot of attention was really put to, to the education piece and how uh, easily accessible non-researchers are to survey platforms and to respondents. And there can be mismanagement as soon as there's open access. And we've seen that. And we've seen the negative effects of that. So this isn't a direct attempt, especially now that there is a joint mission globally to help address some of these tools or help address some of these issues with productive tools and productive uh toolkits that allow people to learn, educate, and, and assess what they need to do from the research perspective and give them the confidence that they're defining quality, they're moving forward together. Yeah, and right. I, I love being part of it. Um, and it's it's so cool. I learn from being in mm -hmm. different committees because there are competitors, but they're peers in our industry and thought leaders and that have might have a different perspective. And it's one of the best, most rewarding thing for me is being part of these external committees and working with people that, like you said, not having a self-interest, it's the industry's interest in yeah. mind. Um, so I would, if you're listening and you want to be a part of it, there's, I don't know how many people are on the, on this DII inside association, it's probably 40 or 50. Um, reach out to Cindy Newman or Melanie Courtright, and because mm -hmm. there's a ton of initiatives being taken place. There's not one initiative. Initiative, I know of like 20. And I know, Mary, you wanted to add something. Just that um, we know that there is no one size fits all solution. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really appreciate about the collaboration. Hey, collaboration. I think we're going to give a prize to the listener <laughs> that, yeah. that writes in and has the right count. Um, <laughs> but there isn't, there isn't a one size fits all solution. There is no one right way. I don't know that anybody's figured out like this is the silver bullet that's going to fix everything. But 
um, knowing that there are challenges that everyone's facing at all different stages of research and putting tools and suggestions and resources out there for people um, to have reference and know that what they should be looking for. I think that this is gonna be very, very valuable, especially as we have the next generation of researchers come into our industry. They, they need to know what to look for. If, you, if you're not paying attention to quality, then there are potential disasters. <laughs> Uh, ahead of you. So I think this is this is really great for us and I'm super excited to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. um, I'll close with, do you all have any final thoughts on either SampleCon, data quality, Soapbox you want to get on, Brad, before we let you go? Well, I mean, we could talk for days, I'm sure. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, no, I'd, I'd end with this and it, 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 it harkens back to some of the themes we're talking about now. Uh, and this has been a lot of the the collaborative conversation, I'm rolling my eyes at myself now, the collaborative <laughs> conversations we're having about uh, defining what data quality means. And I think a lot of the industry conversation right now too is it's bigger than dupes and frauds. It's bigger than a technological support on a front wall firewall, right? And those are critically important to have, but it's survey design. It's the user experience. It's the it's the appropriate methodology. All of these things impact it. And to, to give a kind of a shameless plug, Alyssa Wood, who's the, the vice president of sample operations over here um, at Burke, we, we just put out a podcast on our podcast feed, um, the Burke Beyond Measure podcast, where we dig into this a lot. And we talk about the Burke's approach to data quality, because it's more than just one piece. It has to be a holistic understanding of research implications. And so that's where I hope we're going as an industry. And then we build from each other on that. And it really is an opportunity to lift everybody up. Well said. Um, Mary Draper, any final thoughts? Yeah, I think one thing we didn't touch a lot on um, was the, the technology piece that was discussed at the conference and what to watch. I think the chat GPT and the open AI was a conversation mm -hmm. that was started there, but I feel like it's not something that we're quite yet experts in. Yeah. Um, some yeah. of us are, I think it's polarizing. Some people are like, this is gonna be great. It's groundbreaking. This is gonna help revolutionize our industry. And I think there are definitely others who feel quite the uh, opposite of that. So I think it would be great for us as we leave the conference and we start talking about these things to continue to communicate and share our thoughts and feelings and what we're learning and the research that we've done and how it's helped us, maybe how it's hurt us mm -hmm. so that we can learn, continue to learn about it and speak more about it at future conferences. Um, I think that was one of the things. And then also a takeaway is that I felt like there was a conflict and a push for new ways more reliable ways of doing validation and sharing data to help confirm a respondent really is who they say they are. And I think that's fighting kind of against some of the privacy laws that are coming up um, and, and the different regulations globally and within um, the US state by state. So I think we really have to continue to just be aware and keep talking about what those implications are to the privacy laws and helping respondents while owning some anonymity to the data that they're giving us, but also being able to validate that you really are who you say you are when you're mm -hmm. participating in research. Awesome, thank you. Mary Rose Draper, thank you as always for joining. 
Um, Brad, I want to give you a special thank you. Thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you for being so involved in the industry and helping lift our industry. It is so nice to have you and the Burke name associated with mm. a lot of this stuff. The Burke name carries a lot of weight in the industry. And so um, the Burke Institute has taught a lot of researchers. Y'all are involved in the community as well. And so it's really, I'm really happy to have you on. And I would, I listen to the podcast. So the Beyond Measure podcast, you can hear Alyssa and Brad. It's uh, Sample Quality and Data Integrity. I listen to it. It's awesome. So uh, Brad, thanks for coming. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.